This is Clutch Cruise. Hey guys, Zach and Connor here with another episode of Clutch Cruise Sports. Today is the AFC West episode, highly anticipated between Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs, and Chargers fans. <laughs> uh, but it's the second AFC episode. This uh, this is a pretty competitive division, even though, as you'll see later on, we all have very similar predictions. Uh, this is still a competitive <laughs> division, and definitely a couple of these teams could make playoff. You know, you know, you definitely could argue a couple teams to make the playoffs. But Connor, uh, he's got an interesting story from today, not sports related, but a life story here. I'll let him uh, share it. <laughs> yeah, <we> <laughs> uh, I don't know if this has happened to any of you guys, but I was swimming in the ocean today and I got stung by a jellyfish. So, you know, cross that one off the bucket list for things to do before you die. It was quite weird. I don't think it really, it was kind of one of those things. I think it happened where I, it, I kind of just grazed it like it was there and I probably just kind of ran into it. Like, it didn't, you know, come up to me and sting me or anything because I didn't have any tentacles or anything stuck on my body after it happened. But, yeah, it was kind of weird. I thought at first I thought I was just like, you know, hitting a sharp piece of like a stick or something. I I don't know. That was what went to my head first. (laughs) But then when I got out of the water, like it because it hit me in the side. But when I was, like, trying to brush away whatever it was, it got my wrist and the top of my other hand, too. And I saw these, like, you know, white, like, welts starting to form. And I was like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I just got stung by a jellyfish. <laughs> yep. So, and it was probably a pretty small one because I didn't see it. Like, I think mm-hmm. Zach said something about Portuguese man of wars. And I was like, I think I would have known if it was one of those. Cause that, those, are, those are severe pain. And, and they can, you know... You can have a lot more issues, right? You know, with yeah, and they're they're like. really big too. So I think this was just kind of like yeah, a small huge. one. So yeah, that was what happened today. It was it was it sucked because it was it happened within the first five minutes of me being at the beach too today. <laughs> so like, you didn't well, have a good day. <laughs> no, you were driving a lot too, coming back home. So you you know, but. You know, we're here. We we had a little bit of complications trying to get the Skype call started, but. Uh, it's working now. We're grateful for that. And uh, for if you're listening on YouTube, you're going to be kind of confused by this segment here, this little brief mention. But uh, to anybody on iTunes and Anchor, I'm going to play a clip right now from last week's episode where Connor talks about the New York Jets kickers. So I'll let that play on. And one thing that... I don't that none of us have mentioned that on any of the teams throughout this episode, but I think kicker Chandler Canton zero is pretty inconsistent as a kicker. (laughs) So I don't know if they're good. I think they might have some Chicago style problems with that. All right. (laughs) And (laughs) yeah, cause I can do all the editing and stuff. Now we're back in real time. And as you see the meme here on the share screen, you know, he really spoke this into fruition. And if you didn't get a chance to watch last week's episode, Connor brought up a pretty a pretty good point, you know, that I hadn't thought of. And we really hadn't thought of in too many of the other episodes that we've talked about, the NFL. And it's the kicking aspect of the game, which 
it was overlooked by a lot of people until you missed the kick that you need to win, you know, until you miss the game winning <laughs> kick. That's get when, a double doink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's when people start noticing you. But if you're reliable, you're going to be, you're not going to be in this conversation of, you know, having a, to try out so many people to be your team's kicker. But, you know, you know, Connor, you can, you can tell them the cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we were talking about last week, you know, we'd only ever mentioned this before with the Chicago Bears because of all the stuff that happened last season with them. But we hadn't really talked about it at all before then. And I was trying to explain last week why I had the Jets finishing third behind the Bills because all the other guys had the Bills finishing third and the Jets second. So I had to kind of explain why I thought the Jets were going to finish in third. And one of my reasons was I looked down at their kicker and I saw they had Chandler Cantanzaro is their kicker, and I was like, oh, wow, you know, he's been, like, he was okay when he was in Arizona, but then he went to Tampa and struggled, and went, I think he was, like, somewhere else and struggled, too, and I was like, that could be an issue for the New York Jets going forward, if, you know, having Cantanzaro as their kicker, and so apparently what ended up happening was he, I was at their, fir- their first preseason game, he yeah. missed two extra points, which, you know, who would have thought, you know, the starting kicker missing two extra points. <laughs> and then apparently a couple of days later, he retired. So <laughs> the Jets really are going to be looking for a new kicker. And I called that one. that The Jets might need a kicker. <laughs> <laughs> but the the crazy thing about him retiring is he's only 28 years old. And kickers is not, you know, a position where it's, you know, physically demanding on your body. You know, no, you don't no. retire. You don't, Adam you're not forced into retirement. Yeah, just the longest tenured players in the NFL are mostly kickers. And uh, and then the fact that he's, like, in his prime, so to say, like, he retires. And then also he's ma- he was making – he was due to be making around $2 million, which, you know, that's that's a Pretty lot of money. For a yeah. <laughs> so he uh, – I don't know if it was just – the confidence, I guess he just wasn't feeling it after that game. But, man, that's that's really <laughs> bizarre to see. Now, you know, he's really screwed over the Jets. It, you know, this if the Jets lose a couple of games by uh, from missed field goals and missed extra points, you know, that, you know, Connor could end up looking like a genius with his predictions of them finishing third because I definitely do not, you know, not going to be picking any Jets kickers in fantasy this year, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but let's get moving here onto the uh, onto the AFC West since that's what today's episode is featured. And oh, before I talk about the PowerPoint first, yeah, our trusty PowerPoint here. So as I alluded to before, we have very similar uh, predictions. It's identical actually. So (laughs) Zach, Connor, Eric, and Nathan, all the you know all the guys that have been making predictions for the. for the divisions, we've all agreed on the Chiefs finishing first, the Chargers finishing second, Broncos finishing third, and Raiders finishing fourth. And for me, this was really a struggle between one and two. I felt like three and four were pretty solid in the standings, but so like Connor's, you know, we've been talking about this before. The recent developments between a couple of these players on both these teams availabilities have solidified these rankings. And then I'll get to a couple other reasons why I think that the Chiefs will win the division, but yeah. we'll talk, we'll talk about the Broncos here first. And 
the Broncos to me are a team that, you know, before I run down their depth chart, I can see them winning between seven and nine games. Uh, so I'll go with eight games. I'll say they go eight and eight because <laughs> I, I think the team is pretty talented, but the biggest problem that the Broncos have is Joe Flacco's their quarterback. <laughs> he really is not going to take this offense over the top. They've got, uh, they've got some good weapons in Philip Lindsay as running back. Uh, and then Cortland Sutton is a young receiver. Emmanuel Sanders coming back from his injury last year, but the rest of the receivers, I got to give a shout out to Mr. Bug Howard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we try and look for some of these funny names. Uh, that that's a that's a pretty good one, Bug Howard. But uh, still can't the, stop the Packers for uh, best names, though. <laughs> oh yeah, the Packers, man. They <laughs> those, that receiving core. They <laughs> uh, that you know that that was funny for sure. But uh, River. Crawcraft, I've never heard of, and Deshaun Hamilton is another guy that you don't hear too much of. But so it's definitely a young, inexperienced uh, receiving core. But Cortland Sutton is a guy that I was really high on when he came out uh, last year as a rookie, and he didn't like most rookie receivers don't have phenomenal years. But that doesn't mean that they're bust just because they don't have insane rookie seasons and then you also got to remember he was catching balls from case keenum for most of the year so he really didn't have a great quarterback to throw in the ball and i don't think joe flacco's an upgrade so to say from that but he does bring a little bit of a veteran leadership that is encouraging i guess if you're a broncos fan because he did say uh, a couple weeks ago that you know, they were asking him if he was mentoring Drew Locke, and he was like, I'm just focused on being the quarterback because, you know, he's at the point in his career where he's uh, he's starting to age a little bit, and he's, you know, <laughs> getting into that role where he could end up being like a journeyman type guy. I know he was with Baltimore for so long, but, you know, he's got – he's probably going to be one of those guys that – bounces around from teams, you know, having rookie quarterbacks looking for a placeholder quarterback for their rookie year because no, <laughs> no team wants to start their rookie quarterback in their first year, but they all end up doing that. But so that's kind of where he's going to be at, kind of like Tyrod Taylor was for the Browns, I think. Uh, I don't know when Drew Locke starts, but I assume he will eventually if Flacco goes down, which is possible because his offensive line isn't that great. Uh, they lost their center, who was a good good center for him. Garrett Bowles is a first-round pick from a couple years ago who hasn't been the best. And then they've got their big kind of free agency thing was getting Jawan James from Miami, a solid right tackle. But it's not the best offensive line. It's not the worst. And Noah Fant, they've got at, you know, they drafted him in the first round at tight end. But... He's not really a blocking tight end. I want to. Or do you remember about Noah Fant? Because I know Hawkinson was a huge blocking tight end. I want to say Fant was, you know, a, predom- a predominantly pass catching one. Yeah, I think Fant was more of a receiving tight end. He's more of the tight end that's going to give you the the big offense. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're right, Hawkinson was a big blocking tight end. Yeah, like so, he can catch too, but you know, yeah. he was a. He's kind of like. I mean, I don't want to put him on the same level as Gronk, but he's, you know, 
He can block anything catch. He's got like the comparisons to that, yeah. Right, right. Um, it's interesting they they acquired Theo Riddick, who we actually talked about him being in the NFC North episode with the Lions, but <laughs> the the Lions made a surprising move for some reason, cut him, and now he joined the Broncos. But he's going to be battling with Royce Freeman for that second spot. Philip Lindsay will probably be the bell cow for this team. He was an undrafted rookie last year. One of the a pretty good story, you know, being an undrafted rookie and then leading, you know, the league for a couple of weeks in rushing totals and really came onto the scene. When <laughs> I'll be honest, when when my dad first like picked him up after like week one of fantasy football in our family league, I was like, "What are you doing?" It's obviously Royce Freeman. I was, you know, I was kind of jabbing <laughs> at him for that, but. He was definitely right on that, and Royce Freeman really got phased out. And after like two more weeks, I was like, "Yeah, I, 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 uh, <laughs> I got that prediction wrong." So Phil, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, not gonna underestimate him again. I, I think he's gonna be really good for him. And then defensively, I still think this is a really good defense. People sleep on them, but they, you know, they've lost some pieces, but they've still got some premier defenders like Von Miller. Chris Harris, uh, and then they've, you know, also got Bradley Chubb. So when you look at the more important defensive positions like pass rusher and having a good solid corners, they've got those. They they're weaker on some other positions on the granite, but for the mo- for the more important defensive possessions or positions, I think they have really good players for. Uh, and then their linebacker core. Could be a little bit better with Josie Jewell and Todd Davis, but uh, Kareem Jackson, you know, he's an older guy as a corner, but he's experienced. And then they've got Bryce Callahan as the nickel corner, and then William Parks and Justin Simmons at safety. So it's not, you know, now I'm looking at it, it's not the best defense in the world, but they've got some stars that'll get good picks. parts. They'll get picks, they'll get sacks. So. They'll, you know, for fantasy wise, <laughs> yeah, for fantasy wise, this this could be a good defense to pick up uh, in the later rounds of the draft. But and then we, you know, we talked about the kickers at the beginning of the show. I got to mention the kickers now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brandon McManus is their kicker. Uh, honestly, I think he's kind of average, but he's solid. Yeah, he's solid. But you got to remember too, they're kicking in Denver, so you know, you can kick. You know, just that. You know, makes, I mean, Prater proved he could be a good kicker outside of Denver, so. Yeah. So, I don't, you know, and then they've got the, it's not really an advantage since both teams get the same environment, but on their home field, they, you know, you can kick the ball from, from, I don't know, the 45 and potentially make it with a good kicker. But uh, I'm curious, Connor, to see where you think, uh, so I, I'm going to go with eight and eight for their record. I think they're they're a solid team, but kind of like Joe Flacco, they're not you know terrible, but they're not going to take you to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean Flacco, he he he's a solid like he I I, I don't know if I want to say solid, but he's serviceable as a quarterback. I mean, I watched him for many many years in Baltimore, you know, being a Steelers fan, so I watched him play against Pittsburgh a lot, and I mean. It was just interesting to me why he could never, because the Steelers' secondary is nothing to write home about, and it hasn't been for the past few seasons. 
And it was always interesting to me. He could never put up those big numbers against the Steelers. And it was like, okay, mm-hmm. you're going up against a secondary that it's that it's like just an average secondary that doesn't really have any stars on it. And you can't seem to put together a game. Like the Steelers would still beat them all the time. You know, I mean, they would beat us occasionally, but for the most part, the Steelers would win those games. And I'm like, I don't understand why he can't have better games against us when we have this crap secondary. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, he's a serviceable quarterback. He he's not gonna. I think he's a slight upgrade over Case Keenum. I think Case Keenum kind of just had like his moment in the sun that year, you know, <laughs> yeah, a couple yeah. seasons ago in Minnesota. But I think he kind of came back to reality last year in Denver, and he kind of went back to that, uh, like you know, the form he was in when he played for the Rams when he was swapping time with Nick Foles. So I think he can hold the position. I don't think Locke is going to start this year. I mean, and who knows about Drew Locke? I mean, we've seen how the quarterbacks that John Elway has picked in the past have gone. So I have no idea about Drew Locke. And I mean, he fell later in the draft than any of us here on the podcast Mm -hmm. thought. I mean, Nathan didn't do the draft prediction with us, but Zach and Eric and I all had him going in the first round. We thought Denver was going to take him for sure. And then even when later in the first round, when Denver traded back up into the first round, I was like, oh, okay, this is for Drew Locke. Like, they're one, they want to get him right now, and yeah. they didn't take him. They took someone else. So it surprised me how far he fell, considering yeah. that Elway really liked him. And, of course, there were other teams that needed quarterbacks that didn't take him. So it makes me wonder how good he actually is. I mean, you know. But I, I think, think we're going to have to wait until next year yeah. to see. I think he was the fourth QB taken in the draft, too. So... Yeah, because let's see, because Murray, Missouri Jones, and they're overrated. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I remember when Chase Daniel first came into the league, and everybody thought he was going to be really good, and I don't even know where he is anymore. Blaine so, Gabbert too, man. They like that, <laughs> you know all about that. <laughs> oh man, but that it was crazy though at the time. I didn't realize because uh, the year before, you know, the Jaguars were okay. Like they were pretty good. They had. You know, they had a chance to make the playoffs if they had beaten the Colts in one of their games. But was that, was that when they still had Garrard at quarterback? Yeah, well, that was when they had Garrard, but they, you know, they were going through like an ownership change. And every, the whole organization was like a mess with the owner before the ownership change. And the, uh, and yeah, dude, it, it kind of surprised everybody when they drafted him. And even it was weird because the experts really got him wrong. I, there was like a magazine that was saying like, he should be taken above Cam Newton and like <laughs> <laughs> then the Jaguars actually traded up to pick him too, made it a little bit worse that so they gave up extra capital to get him. And then you look at the guys drafted right after him to like division rivals, like JJ Watt went like a pick later. It was just, you know, just not good. Not, yeah. Not, not a good memory. So um, yeah. I, I feel like the Missouri quarterbacks, they, you know, I've yet to see one really flourish, but yeah, I so mean, I'm, I'm it's probably because of... they're playing in the SEC and they think, oh, well, they're playing in the SEC, so they must be good. But yeah, they, yeah. yeah so well, honestly, that's that's I, I don't want to get too far away from the AFC West here, but that's one thing I want to talk about. SEC quarterbacks in general, though, like you know, the SEC is obviously the powerhouse of college football, but mm-hmm. you don't really see their quarterbacks going on and doing anything ever. Like I, don't, I can't remember, you know. All these teams and that are so good in the SEC, and I think it's because it's been, the SEC, yeah. 
Yeah, the SEC is so like the offenses in the SEC are so college oriented mm-hmm. that which would, is probably what makes them so good, like what makes the conference so good. Yeah, but that doesn't translate at all into NFL success, which is oh, why you see yeah, quarterbacks yeah. from like you know the big like quarterbacks from Oklahoma and quarterbacks oh, yeah. from like the Big Ten are the ones that you hear about more. You don't really hear about the SEC quarterbacks having any real success in the NFL. The only ones that I can think of that are good right now would be like Cam Newton from Auburn. And well, then, Cam uh, Newton was only at Auburn for like a year or two, so I don't know if I really Florida, He was from Florida before. That's, so that's true. You're yeah. right. You're right. And uh, and then Matt Stafford at Georgia. But right. uh, but those are the only two big ones coming to my mind. Like Florida's had a couple guys get drafted as backups, and then same with Auburn and Alabama's classic for that too with their quarterbacks being backups right so yeah and and, and, you know josh dobbs is backing up right now so anyway back to the (laughs) nfc west yeah i mean the question is who again who is he going to throw to besides emmanuel sanders i mean Cortland sutton is okay Mm -hmm. but i mean like you said i've never heard of deshaun hamilton or river craycroft so or (laughs) craycraft however (laughs) the hell you pronounce that sorry youtube um, but Crawcraft, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> and then, yeah, I'm interested to see how Noah Fant turns out because, like we said, I don't think he's much of a blocking tight end. I think he's more of a receiving tight end. So it could give Joe Flacco a good target to throw to when his only real receiver is Emmanuel Sanders. And yeah, I'm curious to see how Philip Lindsay does this year because, like you said, he came out of nowhere. I didn't expect that at all. I think the Steelers had a game against the Broncos last year, and I was like. <sighs> Philip Lindsay, whatever, you know, he's not going to do that again. And then he kind of ran all over us. So yeah. I think, is he going to go for a sophomore slump? Who knows? I mean, now that people have tape on him, it's kind of, you know, it's not a surprise anymore. So it's the second year is always telling you if they're really going to be a star mm-hmm. or not. So I, I think Theo Riddick is a good addition. I honestly, I don't know if he'll overtake Royce Freeman, but I mean, there's, this, he's one of the best third down backs in the league in my mind. Is theoretic. He's one of the best receiving backs. He just doesn't get any credit because he can't run the ball at all yeah. normally. I mean, he's kind of like James White, I think, with New mm-hmm. England, where he's pretty much strictly a receiving back. So yeah. I mean, he could probably play wide receiver if he wanted to. So we'll see how that goes. And then the defense. I mean, one guy you didn't mention who's pretty good is a uh, Derek Wolf there on the defensive line. He's kind of the mm-hmm. anchor of the defensive line. He's the veteran presence on the line there. Because the other guys, I mean, Shelby Harris is okay. I, I don't think I've heard of Adam Gotsis. I don't Not remember him. <laughs> so, yeah, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. If Chubb can continue to develop, they'll rack up sacks. Just the inside linebacker core. Because that, that's going to be an issue against the run. Because that's the problem that Pittsburgh had last year. I mean, we had T.J. Watt on the outside and Bud Dupree on the out, who, like, you know, he's not a superstar or anything, but he was pretty mm-hmm. good last year. Ever since he switched sides, he's gotten better. So we were racking up sacks. I mean, we were tied for first in sacks, but our inside linebacker core was horrible, and that's why we were getting run on the whole time, because ever since Shazier's injury, we haven't had a good inside linebacker to kind of anchor that spot. So that I think that's going to be an issue for them. Even if they get all these sacks against the run, they're going to be in mm-hmm. trouble. And, I mean, the secondary is obviously not what it used to be. It's not the no-fly zone anymore, but Chris Harris, yeah, is, true. Yeah. Yeah, Chris <laughs> Harris is still a really good cornerback. Kareem Jackson is pretty serviceable. A bit weak at the safety position. 
So, I mean, originally when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, yeah, you know, maybe the Broncos could compete for like, you know, maybe 10 wins, maybe get in there for a wild card spot. But at this point in my mind, everything would have to go right for that to happen. I don't see them falling below the Raiders, but I'm probably in the same boat as you, like seven and nine, eight and eight, I think is where the Broncos are going to finish. Unless absolutely everything goes right. Mm-hmm. I don't see them competing for a wild card spot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're we're kind of on the same page here. But like before these predictions, they were solidly third. We weren't debating no, no. them and the Raiders. <laughs> even before they falling below Oakland at drama. all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Oakland, moving on Oakland's a different story <laughs> yeah uh soon to be Las Vegas too but uh yeah <laughs> so uh Kansas City is our next team to mention obviously you know they they went to overtime in the AFC championship game from the Super Bowl so they're returning back much of their same roster and they're really you know poised to make another to make a Super Bowl run. I guess they didn't make a Super Bowl run last year, but, you know, being that contention for sure, the top at the top of the AFC and uh, this team, man, is it offensively? This is one of the most gifted teams in the league, probably the most. Uh, And they, and they lost their star running back Kareem Hunt too, which screwed uh, me, screwed me in fantasy, by the way. Thanks Kareem. (laughs) Okay, so and look, you know they they've got some great weapons here. We'll talk about Tyree Kill, and we're gonna kind of honor Eric here and do a rant about Tyree Kill. If any of you guys couldn't guess from the the hint at last week, you know this rant is gonna be about Tyree Kill, but this episode's rant, anyways. But aside from you know the off the field rant reasons, you know. What a what a perfect receiver to pair with Patrick Mahomes. Like you've got one of the fastest receivers paired up with the quarter, but one of the quarterbacks that can throw it the farthest. You know, yeah, I like and, him and Josh Allen. Yeah, uh, between them, they got the strongest arms in the league. Mm-hmm. So that that's a great pairing right there. Sammy Watkins. I'm not the biggest fan of him, but the fact that He's still with them. I guess they had enough money to give him a contract. He's a nice addition. And Mecole Hardman is a guy from Georgia, a rookie receiver, who they kind of drafted to be Tyree Kill's replacement. Because, you know, like, like we'll talk about in the... The reason why originally I was leaning towards placing the Chargers fourth was that... I think everybody was under the assumption that Tyree Kill was going to be suspended and not just suspended for like a week or two, like get a significant suspension. And so the Chiefs were under that assumption too. And they drafted kind of his prototype in Nicole Hardman. And I think he's going to be a star. I am really high on him. He's a second round pick and there weren't too many first round receivers, I think just like one or two. Well it took for yeah, Maybe. it took forever for yeah. them to get picked and it was like only at the end really of the mm-hmm. first round where they got taken. <laughs> yeah, so so I think I think he's gonna be great. He's somebody to watch in fantasy. You know, I, I don't usually like to spoil my my fantasy notes and stuff, but that's you know it, <laughs> all that's those a notes guy on Eric that you've been taking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you guys can get notes on me, but 
uh, you know, the Yahoo and ESPN, they probably won't put him very highly in their stuff, but there's always these guys that, you know, you don't know about or you don't think about, but he's one of the rookies, definitely out of the rookie receivers that I'm going to be eyeing. So, you know, I just put it out there for everybody now they know, but I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to be transparent with you guys. I didn't want to be like, oh, Michael Hardman, yeah, he's there. I you know I wanted to give you my honest opinion on him. So with that trio, that and plus Demarcus Robinson too, he he'll get some catches. And I haven't even mentioned the best tight end in the league, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> yeah, I mean so, now, that, now that Gronk's gone, it's pretty indisputable right now. Yeah, if, you know some some people like uh, like my friend Kyle are gonna argue against him because he's not a true tight end you know he's more like a receiving tight end he doesn't block very well but you know as far as uh pass catching goes he uh he's for sure the best when it comes to that so yeah you've got I mean, some, some people will try and argue greg olsen or you know i think some people are really still high on george kittle but kittle it's pretty yeah. hard right now to argue in my mind that kelsey is the best tight end in the league right now because he, another thing too, he's been proven. You know, Kittle's a one right. guy, and then Olsen's got injury histories and stuff. I like Ertz a lot, but Ertz has never had the numbers. Oh yeah, Olsen's I forgot had. about Ertz too. Yeah, but and then another thing, Ertz plays in like a two tight end set also with Dallas Goddard. So he, you know, he's got yeah. That's a that's a whole different story. But uh, and then at running back wise, this is what's going to be interesting. I think Damian Williams. Uh, coming over from Miami is the consensus running back that they're going to go with. I can't imagine that Carlos Hyde is going to be the guy <laughs> since uh, <laughs> he got cut he from Cleveland terrible, so, and Jacksonville. He had such a terrible year last year. He's bounced around. You know, he was at San Francisco for a couple of years, but you know, he's he's going to be a guy that you know will rotate in and out. I guess since Damian Williams isn't like. Uh, Alvin Kamara, or you know, some or Zeke Elliott, Saquon. Not in every down. Not, yeah, yeah. So, so, but I definitely give some of these other guys on the roster, like the rookie Darwin Thompson and uh, Daryl Williams. I give them a shot to compete with with Hyde for sure. So, I, I definitely don't think that second running back spot has been declared yet, like a winner. And then fullback they you know i usually don't talk about fullbacks because i don't know many but anthony <laughs> sherman is uh he's one of the like his name's capitalized there so that's a good thing <laughs> for any of you guys <laughs> that haven't caught on to those but he uh he's a pretty good fullback and just adds to the offensive power that they have their offensive line isn't the best in the world but last year it didn't really matter <laughs> with the yeah. offensive numbers that they put up so They've got Eric Fisher as their left tackle, and he hasn't, you know, lived up to the number one overall pick hype or anything. But you know, he's not a complete bust since he's still on the team. So, and then defensively is you know where most of the problems come with uh, Kansas City. But I do think that they have done a a nice job of getting some good players like Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark from Seattle and Houston. And I think the defense is going to be better than it has before, but 
with Andy Reid as the head coach, he's <laughs> he's almost like the James uh, or not James that I was thinking James Harden on the Rockets, like the Mike D'Antoni of uh, of the NFL, where he's just so offensive oriented. You know, he just forgets about the defense and and the defense gives out huge point numbers. There used to be, you know, Kansas City used to be known as a pretty good oh, defensive yeah. team, like when Connor had them in fantasy against the Jets. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, interesting you mentioned that, too, that he's so offensive playing. Cause I remember Philadelphia actually had a decent defense when he was yeah. coaching there. Like, you know, they had Brian Dawkins and uh, some – like, it wasn't the greatest in the world, but it was better than, you know, the Chiefs defense was last year, so – but, I mean, the rest of their defense, I feel like, can be better than it was last year. Mm-hmm. I'm, it, I mean, they were so bad last year. Yeah. But, uh, but Tyron Matthew is kind of like, as much, like, as much as I love Eric Berry, I think he's a, an upgrade at this point in his career with all the, you know, Eric Berry's battled through so much that, you know, having a, a fresh guy like Tyron Matthew, I think... It's going to, you know, be good for him. And then Frank Clark, too, is going to get some sacks for him. So if this defense can really just get turnovers is really what they need to do. If if they can get just get turnovers, then I think their team's going to win a lot of games. They can still give up points, but uh, so as far as, like, a record for the Chiefs, I'll go that they could win maybe 13 games, but... I'll put it at 12 just because they play in a tough to... I'm, well, actually, here, I'll, I'll give my... Here's another reason why I think the Chiefs are going to win the division is historically, you know, the, in the Andy Reid era, they've owned the AFC West. Like, yeah. they, they lost one the uh, one game to the Chargers last year, but that was like an aberration when you look at the history between the Chiefs and Chargers. They've, they've really owned the division, and they've won it a couple years in a row now, ever since uh, Peyton Manning left Denver. But yeah. they, you know, they've they've made work of teams like, you know, they have San Diego or Los Angeles is not said San Diego. I'm still, you know, <laughs> still, still stuck on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they, so that's another reason why I think, you know, that until uh, Los Angeles, the LA Chargers, until they really prove themselves that they can beat Kansas City twice, I, I just have a hard time, you know. So I think they'll, you know, they. I'll say they go undefeated in the division. I say they go six and L, just because of how many years that they've done that before. So I'll say that they win between like twelve and thirteen games. They'll probably be, well, with the Patriots having that easy schedule too. They, well, yeah, they'll the probably get up, them at home. And, so. Yeah. The, oh yeah. So the Patriots play the Chiefs at home. I'll, I'll say the Patriots win that. So I'll say the Chiefs end up with the two seed in the AFC, and, uh, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle with them. Yeah, a rematch against the Patriots because they came so close last year <laughs> to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's that's a pretty bold prediction saying they're gonna go six and zero in the division, considering how how high people have been on the Chargers recently. Um, I mean, I think. With this offense, it's it's really all going to come down to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, can he replicate? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he has to replicate what he did last year, but can he still play at a high level? Because, again, it's one of those, like, 
I know it's not technically his sophomore year, but it's going to be his sophomore year as a starter. Yeah. So, you know, more game film, more studies, you know, less out of nowhere. Like, wow, this guy's really good. So I'm interested to see how that goes. I mean, I don't think he's going to – I still think he'll probably throw for 4,000 yards and 30-plus touchdowns. But can he carry the load? Because, again, I mean, we'll see how Damian Williams does. I think he's going to be good. But the second running back position, I mean, Carlos Hyde, I wouldn't trust him to <laughs> even be a number two running back after yeah. the way he performed last year. So, And Damian Williams can't do it all himself. And, I mean, uh, yeah, aside from the off-field issues, you're right. Tyree Kill is, I mean, he's ridiculously fast. I, Man, he's cr- it's crazy how fast he is. Funny enough, I still think he's actually slower than Deshaun Jackson. But mm. I think Deshaun Jackson is still officially the fastest in the league. But Tyreek Hill is not far behind in that yeah. respect. I mean, once he gets in the open field, I mean, he's gone. Like, you're not catching yeah. him. Plus special teams, too. You know, yeah. he'll get a kick, punt kick, return kick, or kick return, punt returns. So. And, you know, they can run end around and stuff with him. Yeah. So, Sammy Watkins, I, I don't know why the Chiefs gave him as big of a contract as they did. I mean, it was baffling to me last year when, <laughs> considering that the dude hasn't played a full season his whole career, like that he got true. injured. He got injured so many times in Buffalo, and then he was, you know, got injured again in L.A. and you know was kind of serviceable. He was supposed to be the number one guy, but Robert Woods kind of turned out to be the number one guy that season. So then they dumped Watkins and brought in Brandon Cooks. So I don't know why they paid Sammy Watkins all that money. I guess somebody thought that it was he was worth it. I don't know. He kind of ruined Buffalo for I years. Honest, I honestly so. think he's still going off his. Uh, he went to Clemson, right? Yeah. I think he's still going off of that, you know, hype that he had because he was a top ten pick. Like, well, I know Buffalo. So. That's what I was saying he ruined Buffalo mm-hmm. for years because Buffalo yeah. gave up so much to trade up and get him. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to me how had Buffalo. You know they could. You know who else they could have taken at that spot instead was they could have taken Khalil Mack, but oh. instead they took Sammy Watkins. And you know the Raiders were the Raiders had the next pick after that, and they were like, "Oh my God, they passed on Khalil Mack." He, he, I don't know how he fell that far. Like I thought the Jags were going to take him, but they took Dante Fowler instead, which kind of surprised me at the time. Yeah, man, that that was a steal for sure. But now he's a bear, so that doesn't matter about Oakland. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. So I mean, but yeah, I don't know why Sammy Watkins is getting. I mean, like I think he's okay, but I don't know why he's getting paid the money he's getting paid. I think he's more of a slot receiver and less of a. Well, I know he, he's not really a slot receiver, but he really is like a true number two. Like he can't be a number one for anybody. So. Yeah, and like I said before, Travis Kelsey, it's kind of hard to argue right now that he is the best tight end in the league. So even if Tyree kills the only real viable option out there, wide receiver, he's always got Kelsey that he can dump it down to. I mean, boy, Kel- whenever I was playing against Uncle Greg last year in fantasy when he had Kelsey, he would just kill me. <laughs> I'd just be watching these games, and I'm like, can you can Kelsey like stop getting catches and stop getting touchdowns because <laughs> it's killing me right now. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and about Kareem Hunt screwing me in fantasy last year. God, I was, he, he ruined my season. So I, I hope you're happy, Kareem Hunt, that you punched your girlfriend or whatever because you ruined my fantasy season. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, I can, you know, I can, I can go up to Le'Veon Bell too and, and be like, True. hey, man, 
Hey man, <laughs> you know, I, I used a, a number two overall pick on you. You got me zero points. Thanks a lot. <laughs> he actually apologized on Twitter. Too. Yeah, he did. It, it was like a year later though. He he didn't you know say anything during the season. Uh, I guess he was still negotiating, maybe or whatever. But I don't the going yeah, getting he, fat, yeah, dropping rap albums, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, but he finally uh, apologized to everybody. But what what good is that going to do me a year later? <laughs> you know, yeah, seriously. He said, you know, you can count on him this year, but I'm not going to be able to count. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, the defense that's going to be the that's going to be an issue for them. I mean. Honestly, I'll, I'll get to this later when we're talking about the Chargers, but I did have a really tough time. I went back and forth between do I think the Chiefs or the Chargers are going to win the division? And it's mainly the defense problem. I mean, because obviously the Chiefs have no problems on offense, like generating points. But, I mean, gone is Derek Johnson. Gone is Justin Houston. Gone is Tom Bahali. You know, all those linebackers that were so good for them. And now they've got, you know, Frank Clark and Reggie Ragland that are supposed to be the the guys. And they're just, you can't even compare them to the other linebackers that were there. I mean, I know Justin Houston had his injury problems, but when he wasn't injured, he was a beast. Yeah. And so, I mean, and the defensive line, nobody's going to scare you on the defensive line. I mean, Alex Okafor is okay, but, and Chris Jones is pretty serviceable, mm-hmm. but no one's going to scare you. So they have a lot of front seven issues. I mean, the secondary, I think, is fairly solid. I mean, Kendall Fuller is a decent cornerback, and Bashad Breland's okay, too, and obviously Tyron Matthew. If he can kind of find his form that he had in Arizona, he can be a top-notch safety. Yeah. But, so I think the secondary is where they're going to have to make up for for the lack of the front seven because I think they're going to have a lot of issues stopping the run. And I think they're gonna have a lot of issues getting to the quarterback too. So mm-hmm. the secondary is gonna be working overtime, trying to cover everybody. I mean, when since we didn't we mentioned this with Denver, the kicker situation. Harrison Bucker is a decent kicker, no issues. A kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but yeah, I think the defense issue is what's gonna keep them from getting more than twelve wins in my mind. I mean, I think they're going to lose at least one game to the Chargers. I think they'll lose that game to New England. So I agree that I think New England will still be the number one seed in the AFC. But I think the Chiefs will hold on to the two seed. I think they'll win the division. I think same as you. I think 12-4 mm-hmm. is where they're going to be. I can't see yeah. them getting any higher than that, though, with the defensive issues. If they had a decent defense, then, yeah, I could totally see them going, like, 14 or 15 wins. But the defense is yeah, just such a major yeah. hole right now that – you know. So we'll we'll talk about now Tyree Kill here. It's a, <laughs> a mini rant for for Eric out there. I know he wanted to talk about this, but to me, I mean, it's just crazy how with the evidence that they that you know the phone call. If anybody listened to that, where he was just like verbally abusing uh, uh, the mother of his child, like. That alone is grounds for a suspension in my mind. But with all the, you know, I guess he was never technically charged with the battery of his son. But, man, that it's just crazy to me how, you know, the, the kid, you know, the poor kid's got a broken arm. And there's no justice at all. You know, no nothing's been, nobody's been held accountable for it. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and if you're an you- NFL player, too, you don't, you know... you you're supposed to be at higher standards than just everybody else. And 
you know, you look at these other guys that get suspended, you know, for taking these, you know, Golden Tate, uh, you know, suspended for taking like Viagra or something like that, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's like a totally, you know, totally meaningless crime, but, uh, oh, yeah. I, well, I mean, it kind of goes along the lines of, you were talking about meaningless crimes, you know, all these players these days that are getting suspended for weed. Yeah. It's like you, like weed is legal. Like what if they go to a state where it's legal? Like if like one of the Broncos players is smoking weed, like mm-hmm. it's not illegal. And if and it's not a performance enhancing drug, by oh, any no. stretch of the imagination. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of baffling to me why that's still so big on the suspension. But yeah, with Tyreek Hill, I mean, especially after the way they treated Adrian Peterson, with his mm-hmm. whole incident with his son, I mean, I don't, and that was just from him like spanking his kid with like a switch or whatever, and he had like some bruises or whatever. But this kid, Tyreek Hill's kid, had like a whole broken arm. Yeah. So it's like you know, how can you, especially after and the, like the kid's like, scared of his his dad too. The like the the mother said like he's scared of you. Like you know that is that right. not concerning at all like that you're not yeah, going to be scared of your father you know if he unless he did something like that but right and considering that you know back with the whole when we go back to Bray Rice when the league implemented the policy that all domestic abuse issues were going to be a minimum or well they were going to start at 6 games mm-hmm. like they could be reduced which is what happened for most of them but like it was going to be a starting point of a 6 game suspension and you know, and we saw Kareem Hunt's been suspended for what ten games? Yeah, something Dude, like that. It's, which, I mean, like, obviously there was more season. evidence and stuff with that and everything. But you know, he got suspended for ten games for the incident that he had, and Tyree Kill doesn't get suspended at all. It's it's my Greg point. Hardy's out of the league. Yeah, <laughs> Greg know, Hardy's like... out of the league. Like he's in MMA now, so. <laughs> He said he'd come back if the Cowboys or the Panthers offered him a contract, but no one else would he go back to. Oh, wow. So, you can't be picky when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it, I don't know. I mean, Roger Goodell is, really needs to figure this out. The league itself just needs to figure out what it, it its brings up conspiracy is. theories about, like, oh, they, you know, the, they want the Chiefs to, to dethrone the Patriots and stuff like You know, like, it's. it's yeah, well, I mean, it's, it it's, brings. You know these conspiracy theories to to wish and when uh, or fruition. I don't know what I'm saying. Fru- but I think it's fruition. Fruition, yeah. <laughs> but well, it brings them up when you know when when you don't suspend a guy with so much you know baggage. He's got a ha- he's got a history of it too, man. It's not his first time. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you talk about conspiracy theories, it kind of goes back to you know even when like I think it wasn't last year. It was the year before. That incident where Gronk like speared Tredavious White in the back oh, of the head yeah. when he was on the ground, and they only gave him one game suspension for that, and everybody was saying that you know it was because they wanted him to be available for when the Patriots played the Steelers, like mm-hmm. they didn't want him to be suspended for that game because it would be you know better TV ratings or whatever. Yeah. I'm not saying that just because I'm a Steelers fan, but <laughs> that was you know, a vicious, that was a violent. Yeah, play. like he just he yeah the Tre'Davious White was on the ground like face down on the ground and he just like forearmed him in the back of the head like really. And then didn't he, that, like, complain about it, too, or something? He, yeah, he yeah. Like, I mean, well, hey, well, why, sure. why me? Like, what did I well, do? Well, you know, you know all players do that. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. You know they always look at the ref like, what are yeah. you doing? Like, what? <laughs> so, Man, yeah, I, I don't know. The NFL, is the whole punishment system is really 
in a bad place right now. It's yeah. it's amazing to me that Tyreek Hill didn't get any games at all. It's, yeah. Wow. All right, so moving on to the Chargers now, who I keep trying to say San Diego Chargers, honestly. <laughs> oh, we're <laughs> going to be doing that. So we're going to be doing that with the Raiders here in a couple of years. We're going to oh, keep yeah. saying Oakland. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't really have a problem with the Los Angeles Rams. I don't really say St. Louis too much, but... Well, it's, it's been a bit longer yeah. for them, too. So, um, And the fact that they used to be the LA That's Rams, true. too, yeah. is like, you know, it's kind of normal uh, in, so, a, in a way. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Chargers, man, they've got a great team that really, I think, could win a lot of different divisions if they were in, you know, different... If they were not in the AFC West, they they could be a top team like Maybe last if they year. were in the East, they could challenge New England. Yeah, last year they had didn't they have a better record than New England? Oh yeah. It was one of those and, things that like if it wasn't yeah. if it wasn't for how the playoff system works, they would have been the number two seed mm-hmm. in the playoffs. But considering it went, happens, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But since the <laughs> way it works, they were the mm-hmm. fifth seed because the Chiefs won the division, so Yeah, so they uh they're returning a lot of their offense with the question mark of Melvin Gordon. Obviously they don't list him here on the Our Lads website, but he, you know, he's still this is my thing with Our Lads. I, I know they're projecting this stuff, but you know, it's hard to project off the team a guy that they have under contract who's their star running back, but anyway, but obviously he said he's not playing, he wants a trade, so who knows what's gonna happen for that. Maybe they make a deal work. I don't Maybe it's too far gone. I don't really know. But the the rest of their offensive uh, unit is, I think, pretty good. But not, you know, not anyone on the Chiefs level. They've got Keenan yeah. Allen, who I've always thought of as a as a good receiver. But, you know, he's due for an injury. It's sad to say, <laughs> but like, you know, he had a healthy season last year. I'd be wary of picking him in fantasy. And then Mike Williams is a guy, too, that... He struggled his rookie year. He had a better year last year, but uh, still, you know, he's not, I think, on the level anywhere near of Tyreek Hill or or Sammy. He could end up becoming like a Sammy Watkins, I, I could see. I but think he's better than Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I, maybe. But uh, <laughs> And then Travis Benjamin, too. He's pretty good. I, I think he's going to be a good slot receiver for him. Uh, and then after that, it kind of tapers off. Jeremy spelled with a G Davis. <laughs> are, you, are we trying to say Germany here? Like what? <laughs> That's what I thought when I read it. But And then the offensive line, I think, is pretty good too. But people, I think, are so obsessed with Hunter Henry. I don't understand the obsession with these Charger fans that Hunter Henry is going to be, oh, it's Hunter Henry's back. Hunter, like, Show me that he can stay healthy and, and show me that he can really be good because he was, you know, honestly, I think living in uh, Antonio Gates' shadows back when he was still uh, in the league. So I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not that hip on uh, Hunter Henry, but some people are. Virgil Green's a nice second option. So their tight ends aren't bad, but uh, Hunter Henry's one of those guys that I think gets overrated. A little bit just because I guess he misses time and then they don't have anybody at tight end. So they're like, oh, Hunter Henry was amazing, you know. But they've still got Phillip Rivers at quarterback. And a good thing 
uh, for the Chargers anyways, is that they have one of the more premium backup quarterbacks to it. If Phillip Rivers were to go down, Tyra Taylor is probably at the top, near the top of the backup quarterback list. You know, you could argue him to start on this team. Yeah. So I mean, he's, he's serviceable. He's one of those guys that he's not, not going to make mistakes. He's not mm-hmm. going to, like, he won't put up numbers, but he's not going to make mistakes either. So, and then Phillip Rivers is still playing at a high level, a high level, and uh, he's motivated highly too. And, and I think this is really the Chargers' last chance to, to make a Super Bowl run with, with Phillip Rivers because he's getting up there in age and. You know, you can only you can only be the the guy for so long. So I think this year he'll still have a good season, but I think this is going to be his last you know major season. I think after this year, they're going to target somebody in next year's draft to be their quarterback, uh, and then kind of play him as a backup to Phillip for a year or two, maybe, and then eventually when Rivers gets to the point where it's questionable for him to be a starter, they'll plop in the new guy, but he's still the unquestioned guy for right now, for sure. And I'm sure he's, you know, highly motivated for how he's never, I don't think been in an AFC championship game. No, there's never made it past the divisional round. Yeah. So that playing this long on the same team like that, you know, you would, and he had some pretty good teams back in the days too, with LT on, on the, on their team. But, uh, Gates in his prime. Gates, yeah, Gates and Jackson. Um, but then defensively, oh wait, well, let me ask the the Twitter question too while we're sticking on the offense here. We got a question coming in the podcast from the Time Skew podcast, and the Twitter has just Time Skew Pod, and <laughs> they, they said when you when are you drafting Melvin Gordon? So for me. I think I would look to draft him towards the end of the second round just because like we were talking, Connor and I were talking before about this, the risk reward, you know, when you get down to the second round, sometimes you end up with bus. And uh, if he ends up playing, I don't, I don't really care what team he ends up playing for. If he ends up playing, you know, and not ending up like Le'Veon Bell, he's going to contribute and he's going to be a first round talent. So if for some reason he slips nearly to the set, like late second round, if it's still early second round, that's you know a little bit too risky to take because there's still really proven guys at the second round level that I would still want you know ahead of a question mark. But for right now, I would say end of second round. But still another thing, guys, you don't have to make your fantasy football drafts in the middle of August like. <laughs> It's yeah, so we're waiting you know, till the end. Yeah, you you'll have a lot more information in the coming weeks. This is still week one of the preseason, so that's where I stand on on uh, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. That I think him and Ezekiel Elliott, as long as they're still trying to continue their holdouts, I mean late late second round. I mm-hmm. mean because who knows? There are some people that may be willing to take that risk and pick them up, and you know. With we, I don't know how many other leagues do this. I'm sure a lot of them do. But, you know, this, the draft is like a snake format, basically. So if you draft first in the first round, then you're drafting last in the second round, and then, you know, so on and so forth. So, you know, some of those people who are drafting really high up in the first round, 
might be willing to take that risk and get like Ezekiel Elliott or Melvin Gordon at that time, because if they turn out to be good, then they're going to have two like all pro running backs on their team mm-hmm. because they're going to have their, you know, first or second pick where they get like, you know, Barkley or McCaffrey or one of those guys. And then also with their late second round pick, they're getting Melvin Gordon or Ezekiel Elliott. So it's, that's where I'd put him right now. If he, before our draft, at least, because I don't know when everybody else is going to be doing their drafts, but if he ends his holdout here sometime before the draft, then I could definitely, then I would definitely consider picking him like late first round, early second round. Mm-hmm. But if his holdout's still going on, then yeah, I'm with Zach on the late, like late second round. Yeah. And also, too, even if he's still holding out, if there's more information on it, like, because this is still so early and, you know, people are still holding out. That's kind of normal for a couple of people to still be holding out at this point. But once we get really closer to the season, I think we'll get a better idea of if he's truly serious about it or not. And, uh, and seeing what the Chargers do, too. Because if the Chargers are, you know, committed to Eckler, then that'll also tell you that, you know, hey, they're, you know, probably not going to have him playing for him and then the trade thing comes up but whoever trades for him is gonna have to pay him you know that so uh so now looking here at their defense quickly they've got you know this is a pretty underrated defense i feel like they don't get mentioned a whole lot or they get mentioned but not as much i think as they should but joey bosa and melvin ingram that pass rushing duo is uh Man, that's superior. Scary. <laughs> yeah, definitely the you know it it rivals with Von Miller and uh and Chubb. I think both of them are better than Chubb, but I think Von's better than both of those guys. But you know you could make the case that they're better. You know, I actually now that I'm thinking about it, I probably would take those two over Von and uh and Chubb. But mm-hmm. the rest of their you know their linebacker core is probably their biggest question mark, but they did bring in Thomas Davis from Carolina as like a veteran guy. Uh, the other two, leadership. yeah, the other two, the other two guys are, are all right, I guess, but not the stars of their defense. And then the secondary, I think is really good with Casey Hayward and Desmond King at corner. They've also got Michael Davis, not too familiar with him, but this uh, Derwin James, I think, you know, he's already from his rookie season. He's one of the best safeties in the league. I think he only gets better. And he's, you know, if you have a really good safety, you can kind of afford to have a weaker corner, which they do, I think. But still, Casey Hayward's a really good uh, cornerback. This team is going to get sacks, they're going to get picks, and when you have such a great pass rushing duo, it, you know, it makes quarterbacks throw the ball off rhythm, and then that leads to interceptions for the whole rest of the team, so I'm pretty high in this defense. Fantasy-wise, I put them in the top three, I think, defensively. I think they can get a lot of sacks, a lot of picks, but and hold teams to low points, too. But Still, when you talk about winning games, I still don't feel like, or I still feel like the Chiefs have had the Chargers number all these years. I feel like, you know, I don't feel like that's going to change this year. I The one win that the Chargers did have 
was very close. They got like a two-point conversion to win. And I know there was like a questionable call before that too or something. So, uh, I, you know, I'm going to, you know, like I said, I'm going to stand by the Chiefs 6-0 in the division. I just feel like the history between these two teams has leaned towards the Chiefs so much. But make no mistake, the Chargers are going to be a threat for everybody else. And, you know, I, I think they're solidly going to make a wild card. I think this is the most solid you know, wild card pick that there is for both the NFC and the AFC. So I'll let you go on talk about yeah. the Chargers now, Connor. Well, I know recently, this was, I don't know how long ago this was, but there was a post on Twitter that I made that Zach and Eric also did theirs too, where we covered a couple of questions regarding teams like in the NFL, like who's your favorite team, who's the most overrated, who's the most, like who's your favorite player, blah, blah, blah. One of those questions was who do you think is the most underrated team and i can't remember who i think zach put the jaguars but eric and i both put the chargers as our most underrated team in the league and so i think i think that's true i don't think people give the chargers enough credit i mean philip rivers is still doing it at you know however old he is 35 <laughs> or whatever yeah. 36 so he's, I mean, he's still doing it. He's not like him and Ben are still, they're the two out of that 2004 draft class that are still doing it. Eli Manning's starting to fall off, but <laughs> Rivers and Ben are still doing it. And Keenan Allen, like, if he can stay healthy, I think he's, I don't, I'd say he's a top 10 receiver if he can mm-hmm. stay healthy, like low end of the top 10. But if he can stay healthy, he's a top 10 receiver. I think Mike Williams is decent. I've seen good things out of him, and Travis Benjamin can play in the slot. So I think that's a decent trio. It's, I don't know. I'd kind of put it on the same level as the Chiefs, maybe, because they have, you know, Sammy Watkins. I I don't think he's that good. And mm-hmm. obviously, I got lost his name now. The rookie receiver, oh, Miko Hardman. Miko Hardman, like he's unproven. Yeah. Like I know he's, you know, he's supposed to be good, but he's unproven right now. Mm-hmm. So. I think in like Tyreek Hill is obviously Tyreek Hill, but I think it's a, on the same level, maybe a little bit lower, but very close. Yeah. And then the offensive line, I mean, it's decent. Mike Pouncey is a great center. Him and I know the Steelers have had Marquise Pouncey forever, who's also really good, but Mike Pouncey is good too. And, you know, Phillip Rivers needs that. He needs that protection because he's not a mobile quarterback. So, and the tight end situation We'll see how that goes. I like the Virgil Green pick. Just have him as like a backup because he was always a reliable kind of second tight end for Denver when they had Julius Thomas and like, you know, when Peyton Manning was there. Austin Eckler, I saw he had flashes of goodness last year when Melvin Gordon was injured. I just don't think he can carry the team. And I don't think Justin Jackson's going to be that second uh, guy that can really be there to pick up the slack if Eckler isn't playing where he can. Um, But the defense is what's going to – this defense, like Zach said, I think they're a top-five defense. I mean, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram are scary, like, for Mm -hmm. any team that goes up against them. I remember when the Steelers had to play them last year, and I was – I was afraid for Ben because, you know, they they, that's a scary pair. You have Um, two really good tackles. Right, right. I was like, even with our good offensive line, I was still pretty scared. Cause... So, and then 
Yeah, the secondary is phenomenal. I mean, Casey Hayward and Derwin James are superstars. Michael Davis is serviceable, and Rayshon Jenkins can get it done at the safety position. And Desmond King, I mean, even for a nickelback, you mm-hmm. know, he, he's good. You And you're right about the linebacker core. I mean, Thomas Davis brings that veteran leadership, but he can't. I mean, he's he's up there. In a, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that outside that number 42 guy. <laughs> U- Uchenna Nwosu <laughs> and Denzel Perryman. <laughs> so, yeah, they're decent. But that you're right, that definitely is the weakness here of this group. But, I mean, it's one of those things, like I said before, I went so back and forth between the Chargers and Chiefs on who I wanted in first and who I thought was going to get first. And... Honestly, my personal opinion here, I kind of want the Chiefs to get a bit of a reality check this year because all these people are coming out and saying that the Chiefs are going to be the next dynasty and blah, 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 blah. They're going to be good. They're going to be good for years, blah, 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 blah. I kind of want them to come back down to earth this year. Like, I don't think it's going to happen, although I'd like to see it. Mm-hmm. But I think if the Chargers, if Melvin Gordon was committed and was for sure going to come back, I might actually put the Chargers above the Chiefs, but that is the one question mark right now that I think is going to, you know, that makes me decide that the Chargers are going to finish second and not first. If Melvin yeah. Gordon was for sure coming back, I would say Chargers first. But without him, I think second. I think probably, I mean, I think they could tie the Chiefs again. I think twelve win, 11 or 12 wins, you know, they could both go 12 and 4 again or whatever. So, or actually, no, the Chiefs didn't go 12 and 4 last year. But, you know, they could both kind of tie at 12 and 4. And then I think the Chiefs will have a 5 and 1 division record. I think the Chargers will get one win over them. But I think they'll be, if they tie with the Chiefs, they'll have a worse division record. Like they'll be 4 and 2, and the Chiefs will be 5 and 1 mm-hmm. in the division. So, but yeah, you're right. I think this is probably whichever one of between the Chiefs and Chargers. You know, whichever the one of them doesn't win the division is going to be a guaranteed wild card. It's really going to come down their their head to head games. I think you know they're they're going to be within a game or two of each other. So right, yeah, and it's, so, it's those head to head games that I put a lot of emphasis on because their teams are pretty similar. You know, so the right, yeah, but, and whoever whoever doesn't win the division is going to get a wild card. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it right now; yeah. it's going to happen. You know, so, okay. Ah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'm going to lock that. I will okay. lock that. Not, no double lock, but just a normal lock. No, yeah, yeah normal lock. Whoever doesn't win the division. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. It is too crazy. But whoever doesn't win the division between the Chargers and Chiefs will get a wild card spot. Yeah, I, I've, I'll lock that too. I, I think that'll that'll be the case. And, uh, you know, continuing the kicker trend, I forgot about the Chargers kicking problems. They're, they're a team that's had kicking problems too. So they've got this guy, Michael Badgley and Ty Long, uh, competing for the well, kickers. Ty Long's the punter, so oh, oh okay, never mind. Then. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's I guess it's Badgley then. I guess I feel good about him, but not too familiar with him. I know they've ran through kickers in the past, uh, so they they've they've had their fair share of kicking woes. Um, but I'm not going to say that makes them a bad team or anything in this this uh, scenario. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's Melvin Gordon right there on the reserves. You were talking oh, about okay. he wasn't there. there he <laughs> DNR, he says do not did not report. Okay, that's yeah. that's so interesting. Okay. That's good. 
So I guess, wow, they guess they do this analysis and stuff too. I didn't read this stuff about that, but yeah, because I was looking too. Jerry Tillery, they're a lot of their defensive draft picks are pretty low in their depth chart. I guess I explained that in that paragraph, but Tillery, yeah. I think, is going to be pretty good. And Adderley, man, he's a hard hitting safety. Uh, it's like these like think, that Cam Chancellor esque safety. Yeah, man, he goes out to hurt people. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's uh, that's the Chargers, and then thanks again to uh, to the Time Skew podcast for uh, for adding that question in about Melvin Gordon. All right, so now we're moving to the uh, the seller of the division here with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, unfortunately for the Raiders fans, you know I would I would look forward to. Uh, Golden State Warriors basketball this uh, this upcoming <laughs> season. I'm just gonna say it. I mean, I know I know they're Oakland A's games. baseball. You know, yeah. Well, see that sucks, man. For Oakland, they're losing their basketball team across the bay at least. You know, but their football mm-hmm. team's going out of state. But uh, they're only gonna be left with the athletics. Mm-hmm. They're not great either. <laughs> but not right now. They're not. They no. got a history of being good, but not yeah. right now. So. Uh, you know, how is how are the Raiders in year two of John Gruden going to do? And if you ask me, this team is trending down and down every day. Uh, I'll say four wins. You know, it, I can't see them getting six wins, honestly. I, you know, I'll put three to five, and I'll go with four in the middle. And yeah, <laughs> this team has got a weird group of people, man. Uh, you got, Tony you got the Brown. drama train on this team. It, they're on Hard Knocks, and I don't usually watch Hard Knocks, but this would, you know, I might catch an episode or two because the personalities, man. You've got Antonio Brown, the ultimate diva of the NFL. You've got Richie Incognito, the ultimate bully of the NFL. <laughs> you got Eric Carr, you know, the suck up guy that just sucks up to Coach Gruden. You know, saying, you know, trying to win him over. You got Nathan Peterman, the king of the NFL meme world, um, who's yeah, probably going to build the Bills fan started a Kickstarter <laughs> for him to fund his retirement. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then defensively, you've got Vontez Perfect, you God. know, with Antonio Brown on the same team. Uh, let me look for some more, uh, you know, Cleveland Farrell. He's unfair to him, but just because they pass on Josh Allen and uh, and Ed okay. Oliver, all the Raiders fans unfairly were like, what? judged. Yeah, he's <laughs> going to be unfairly judged. I think he had a good preseason game, so I, I hope he, you know, I, I hope he's not a bust. I hope he, you know, he seems like a good guy, but this team is just filled with all these crazy personalities, man. That I just don't see them winning a whole lot of games. Uh, They've got, you know, they got better at receiver, I guess, with Antonio Brown. But is he even going to play? I mean, he's got that whole helmet thing going on right now. He's got a, <laughs> a sore foot. I, I've seen the pictures. Yeah, it's nasty. Have you seen the pictures of that? Oh, man, his foot is, his foot is looking nasty right now. <laughs> uh, it might be just, too inappropriate to show on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to subject you guys to that picture. But <laughs> it's kind of like Shaquille O'Neal one time that, showed his foot like how nasty that was and uh, I don't want to I don't want to talk about that but uh <laughs> <laughs> but man this is such a weird team like I don't think Derek Carr's the 
the QB of the future, and I don't think Gruden is bought into him. But, you know, Carr's trying to suck up to him. And then it's crazy, Gruden, like, he, he he loves Nathan Peterman, though. He talks highly about him so much. For so. some reason. Yeah, for some – it makes you question Gruden, man. Like, <laughs> oh, maybe, God. Maybe he, I know just, he, came, maybe he just came back to coach in the league just to screw with everybody. Like, I mean, they, You know, Trent Brown is a nice uh, addition, nice free agency addition. I don't think he's going to have a whole lot of drama with him. I think he'll be solid. So the offensive line – I think will be pretty good. Uh, I'm a big fan of Josh Jacobs as running back, and Alabama running backs tend to do pretty well. They they tend not to bust like the quarterbacks do. Yeah, you know the the, court, the Alabama quarterbacks aren't first oh, round. The jury great. the jury's still out on Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, but he wasn't a first round pick anyway, so it's not like he's held to that a super high standard, but. Uh, they've got Josh Jacobs here, and I think he's going to be better than a lot of the Alabama running backs have been in their rookie years. I guess I forgot about Trent Richardson. He was a major boss, but... Uh, but well, yeah. For the first <laughs> but couple Jake, of seasons, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I, the first year of our fantasy football family league, I picked him in the second round. I'll never get over that. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that was that was his bust year because he was he was a second round you know prospect, but Josh Jacobs I think since Alabama had like a a running back by committee backfield last year he's going to be fresh coming into this year it's not like he had to carry Alabama's offense by any stretch he barely played honestly but he's got the talent to be a first round pick he was the number one running back coming out of college and Doug Martin and uh, Jalen Richard are. And DeAndre Washington too. They're kind of stacked at the backup running back situation, so that's a that's a bright spot for the team. Trying to be positive here, uh, <laughs> Hunter Renfro I think is going to be a good slot receiver for him as a rookie. They're a young team, but they're just not ready to compete in this division at all. Cleveland Farrell, they're going to hope they get sacks out of him. You know, considering that they gave up Khalil Mack, the best pass rusher in the game for a couple of these rookies that we're talking about. Mm. And uh, the rest of our defense is, you know, eh. You know, it's not very good. Uh, And they've got Vontez Burfecht starting. Boy, he's got Vontez Burfecht who can go out there and, like, throat stomp somebody or something, you know. (laughs) That's the Raiders, man. (laughs) (laughs) He fits, he fits. But, uh, yeah, the secondary is filled with a lot of these guys with high-round picks that have kind of busted. Jonathan Abram, I... I'm shocked he's not on as a starting guy because he, you know, he was a first round pick for him and he's another hard hitting guy that really is uh, really cocky about himself. I heard from the hard knocks. He, you know, he would, he wouldn't even like back down at Gruden, you know, he would stand, he would, uh, so he's got a personality too. I didn't even mention before, but so I, I imagine he'll be starting somewhere at one of these safety spots. I guess they're trying to hold hope on Carl Joseph, and uh, they did bring in LaMarcus Joyner. But honestly, I think he should play more as like a cornerback spot than a safety. But um, And then their kicker, Daniel Carlson, not going to give too high a grade for him, but I guess he's their guy. They don't have any competition for him right now. Um it's an interesting team. It's a 
not a team I think that's going to win a whole lot of games, but honestly, yeah, I might just watch a couple of Raiders games just to see how <laughs> these, just how to see how all these guys play together. But uh, Connor, I know you know you know Antonio Brown pretty well, so I'll let you talk about him and a uh, couple of these other guys that you're familiar with, like Perfect and stuff. So. I mean, all I can say about Antonio Brown is, boy, am I happy that we dumped his <laughs> because, boy, he I thought he was a problem last year, and he's just turned into the epitome of problems in the league right now. I mean, and as Zach said, we were talking about this earlier, that it's probably because he was on the Madden cover. He's getting hit by the Madden curse right now. <laughs> so watch out, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um yeah, I just don't see this team. I mean, it's it's so funny on the offense here. Like, they have pieces on the offense. The defense is a different story. But on offense, I mean, Derek Carr can be serviceable. I mean, he had that one year where he was really good, and everybody thought he was the future. But, you know, that's not the case. And obviously, Antonio Brown, I mean, for all of his drama and everything, he's still, I would argue, one of the top receivers in the league. And so... And like I said, they have a good problem at running back and that they have too many in the terms of like, you know, Jacobs, mm-hmm. Martin, Richard, and Washington. You really have like four running backs that you can plug in at any time that you want. So, you know, you can keep guys fresh if they want to keep all four of those guys. I don't know if they will, but I mean, the main problem on offense for them is tight end. Oh, I mean, yeah. I don't even know who Darren glossed Waller over is. that. No. <laughs> yeah. So, and obviously, offensive line is okay. Rich, I don't. Rich Incognito coming out of uh, retirement to come back for them this year, and he's a suspended already. So, <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with him. I mean, he seemed like he had kind of mellowed out in Buffalo. Like you know, they kind of put him in his place. But then, <laughs> yeah. towards the end of that, he turned back into his old, you know, bully type <laughs> self. So. I don't know what's going on with him. And then on defense, you know, like I said, perfect. He can always go out there and throat stomp somebody or give somebody a concussion or whatever. But, yeah. Because yeah. with the amount of times he's been suspended, I don't even know how he's still in the league. Because it seems like every year he's getting like, you know, he'll get like a four-game suspension and then he'll come back. And then later on in the year he'll get like another two-game suspension for something else. Yeah. And he'll get like fined for this and fined for that. And I'm like, I don't know how this guy still has money. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, yeah, and then Cleveland Farrell, that was, you know, we had a couple shocks on draft night, but that was definitely the first big shock on draft night, you know, when we were all expecting the Raiders were going to take Josh Allen, and then all of a sudden they're like, the Raiders take Cleveland Farrell, and it was funny looking at their fans, because it was kind of the difference between the Giants pick and the Raiders pick, was when the Giants picked Daniel Jones, everybody was mad, like they were all like, what are you doing, gentlemen? Oh, you suck. Whereas like all the Raiders fans just looked kind of confused. They were like, you know, uh, yay. Like, wait, who is this guy again? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this team is, I don't, it's so funny when you have a team like this that it has pieces to win games, but those pieces aren't going to mesh and, you know, work <laughs> yeah. together at all. So, yeah, and when you've got a backup quarterback situation like Mike Glennon and Nathan Peterman, you're not really in a good situation there. So, I mean, maybe this is all part of Gruden's plan. I don't know. I mean, he's got a 10-year contract, so he's got a lot of time to make it happen. But so far, it doesn't look like we're off to a good start. No. So, yeah, I would have to give the Raiders, like, 
three or four wins. I mean, I think they're going to be competing for that first draft pick again. Yep. Like between them, Miami, and the Giants, it's going to be a fight for that first pick in the draft. So I don't see them going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. And I hope Antonio Brown fails miserably after the way he <laughs> acted. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to see how, you know, he's used to playing in, like, the playoffs and stuff. Uh, well, he's used we'll to having a Hall of Fame quarterback, too. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, it'll be interesting. But like I said, it's it's one of those teams that's, like, we predict to be, like, Giants and, uh, and Dolphins bad. But, you know, I might watch a couple of their games just to see how they, you know, <laughs> just to see how they are. Because, you know, you're not going to be turning on Cardinals or Dolphins games or anything, but uh, as just a fan, you know, of the NFL, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch. I think they're more interesting than the than the Broncos, honestly. The Broncos oh, yeah. are like your bread and butter eight and eighteen. Uh, the Raiders are like your, you know, kind of like uh, what's that other flashy team that are like the, the kind of like the Browns that we're going to talk about later. Oh in next yeah. Week. Um, more, but, more, more, lots of personalities there too. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so that'll kind of wrap up our uh, our NFL talk for this episode. We've got Connor back, like I said, for Connor's current events. So Ooh. let's start with the NASCAR here. We need some kind of intro for that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, yeah, Michigan International Raceway. Um, I didn't really watch this race at all. Um, Michigan's not my. I think it's one of the worst tracks on the circuit. Honestly, it's one of the most boring. So mm-hmm. kind of upsets me that they go there two times a year, but you know, I was happy when they got rid of, they don't go to New Hampshire twice anymore. So I was happy about that. But anyway, uh, Kevin Harvick winning the race. I mean, it's kind of a similar top five, top 10 has it been for the past few races, like Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex are all up there. I see a seventh place finish for Ryan priest. That's pretty good. I didn't, I wouldn't expect that. Uh, William Byron and Chase Elliott are still doing good for Hendrick Motorsports. Actually, I see all three Hendrick drivers right there, eight through ten. Byron, Elliott, and Bowman. I saw Jimmy Johnson had a bit. He probably had a wreck because I saw he finished like thirty seventh or something. Mm-hmm. So he must have gotten caught up in a wreck. My my guy Matt De Benedetto finishing twentieth. You know, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> oh well, yeah, yeah. I still love him. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're getting down to the nitty gritty now in the playoffs i mean especially i saw and clint boyer had a dnf in the race so him and jimmy johnson right now are the two big names that are kind of on that cut line on the edge of the playoffs and they both had terrible races this weekend so it's going to be interesting to see how they progress going forward and if they can make the playoffs. i mean jimmy johnson was right on the cut line boyer had a bit of a little bit of a cushion but not much and there's only i think three races left in the season because there's like the next race is going to be at Bristol. Yeah, it's going to be Bristol, then Darlington, and then Indianapolis, and then you hit the playoffs. So there's mm-hmm. only three more races. So, and also things could be shaken up too if someone outside of that top, uh, someone outside of that top sixteen ends up like winning a race. Like if Matt yeah. Benedetto were to get a win, that automatically clinches him a spot in the playoffs as long as he's in the top thirty in points, which I know he is. I think he's like twenty mm-hmm. third or twenty second right now. So that could shake things up, too, because, you know, you never know in NASCAR who could somehow pull a win out of the hat. You know, it doesn't even even if the race doesn't go the whole way, if it's one of those rain delayed races or whatever, we've seen crazy winners in those like Justin Haley at Daytona, you know, never would have thought he would have won a race. So, Uh, 
But that's the situation with NASCAR. No Eric DraftKings lineup this time. Um, and I know I've been kind of trying to go away from Formula One because it's kind of the same thing every week that I've been mentioning, like, you know, Lewis Hamilton winning or Mercedes winning. Uh, and they're actually on their summer break right now, so the next race isn't going to be until August 30th. But some big news coming out of Formula One is that so one of the major teams in the sport, Red Bull Racing, I, they're like kind of the third best team in the sport behind like Ferrari and Mercedes in terms of performance. But also in the sport, there's a team called Toro Rosso, which is kind of like a developmental team or so to Red Bull. They're, they're joined. They're, the two teams are joined, which is pretty rare in motorsports. You don't see two teams that are, you know, you know, in baseball all the time, you have these, like, you know, the major league team and then their farm team. Mm-hmm. And this is like a similar relationship here where, like, Red Bull would be, like, the major league team and then Toro Rosso is kind of like the farm team. But so since they're connected, they can switch their drivers around. And at the end of last season, uh, Daniel Ricciardo left Red Bull Racing to go to Renault Racing. Like, they didn't renew his contract because they wanted Max Verstappen to be the guy who, you know, he's having a good season right now, but they brought up Pierre Gasly from Toro Rosso, and he had just been having a terrible season. It's like, okay, you know, you're getting these, you're finishing outside of the points, whereas, you know, when you're with Toro Rosso, okay, you don't have the equipment, you know, to consistently finish in the points, but if you're a good driver, you can sometimes, whereas with Red Bull, you should be finishing in the points every week, Mm -hmm. you know, with the equipment they have, if you're a good enough driver and you know, the fact that he was getting, you know, eighth and ninth place finishes and not performing at the level, they have decided that they're going to bring up Alexander Albin, who is one of the Toro Rosso racers, up to Red Bull, and they're going to put Pierre Gasly, they're going to demote him back to the farm team. So I'm interested to see how that come, turns out, because I was pretty baffled at why they brought up Pierre Gasly in the first place. I was like, why did they... Like, why'd they decide to not renew Ricardo's contract and bring up this guy to the main team? I, I, I don't get it. Like, I never thought he was that good. So that's going to be interesting to watch going forward to see how Albin does on the Red Bull team. If he can start, you know, pulling out consistent, like, top six, top five finishes in the Red Bull car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And uh, like Eric said a couple uh, podcasts ago, like, you know, we, neither of us was known anything about Formula One. Now, uh, now I'm mad at myself when I get these trivia questions wrong on HQ Sports and their <laughs> Formula One. I'm like, dang it, I know <laughs> cars. To be fair, so I got that one wrong too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but still, yeah, man, I I was mad at myself on that one for not trusting the podcast saying I was going off the the Discord chat. <laughs> uh, but uh, so now I'll kind of talk a little bit about this. Uh, NCAA agent rule thing that that kind of they made this rule last week about you know you can't have to like try and protect the players they said that uh, you have to have an agent who's got a bachelor's degree which most of the agents do have bachelor's degree so it really only applies to this uh, guy Rich Paul who if you know like if you really follow the NBA, you know about this guy. He's like, he's been with LeBron his whole career, and he's built up a pretty, pretty significant group of players that he represents, like Anthony Davis, Ben Simmons in this picture here, uh, Draymond Green. There's some other people too, and he's one of the main faces of uh, 
of the NBA because he, you know, goes to extreme measures for his players' contracts and stuff. He, you know, like Anthony Davis, uh, the whole trade request thing, that was all done through him. And he doesn't have a bachelor's degree, which, you know, that the that's why people call this the Rich Paul rule because he's really the only guy that's affected by this new rule, even though you could say he's one of the most successful you know, even if you question his, you know, question him sometimes with uh, with how the AD situation was handled and stuff, like, he gets guys to their money. And, you know, one of the best guys to do that, they're kind of disqualifying in this case. And does a bachelor's degree really, you know, qualify you as an agent? You know, does it really make you an ethical person or not? It's It just seemed like the NCAA, I think... A, the NCAA got so much like criticism on this that they, like they caved in and are you know not gonna not gonna go through with this like proposed rule that they had, and you know I I think it's it's a good thing that they did that, but the reason I think that the NCAA made this rule in the first place is because Rich Paul has been kind of outspoken against the NCAA with like the profits and how students student athletes don't make any money and that sort of that sort of situation he's kind of anti you know the ncaa profiting so much and not so much the players so that's kind of i think the ncaa wanted to you know flex their power on him but then it got to be you know it's such a ridiculous thing with the bachelor's degree like you know that that doesn't make a person ethical or not so they they had to i feel like the fan it's it's no like you know, reflection on whether they can do their job or not either. Yeah, you, you have to be certified, like an agent certification thing. That's still, you know, that's obviously important. Right. But really, right. yeah, it, it, the bachelor's degree thing didn't make a whole lot of sense. And it really was just one guy that was targeted for that. So they uh, they switched that. It's back to how it was before. You don't need a bachelor's degree. So that's the news for college basketball. And then... NFL-wise, uh, Richard Matthew just retired recently from the Saints, you know, formerly with the Titans. But the guy's, you know, pretty young, and I'm still really confused by this message, <laughs> you know, yeah. brainwashing and, you know, this weird stuff. I'm not too sure what it all means, but, you know, he's gone well, the from the league. That, yeah. yeah, well, and the fact that he said, like, you know, he says he's feeling like a disposable player, I mean... Well, if you're feeling like a disposable player, like teams don't want you, then maybe you're just not that good. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because obviously guys like, you know, Julio Jones and Saquon Barkley, they're not disposable because they're good. They're valuable yeah, players. Yeah. But, you know, every team has their disposable players. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, we can survive without them. And, you know, it's probably because you're just not that good. So the fact that you're whining and complaining, like, oh, I feel like a disposable player, brainwashing, fakeness, it's like, it just sounds like a big, like, you know, crybaby situation. Yeah, yeah I, I can it's see It's like, that, you yeah. know, like, really? Just, like, man up, dude. Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, like I said to Connor earlier, it's, it kind of reminds you of one of those, you know, situations where, like, you know, you got fired, but you tell everybody you quit or something like that. You know, like you say, try and say <laughs> you, you quit. You the can't job, fire me, I quit. <laughs> yeah, you left them. Like, you retired before they, you know, they cut you. And, you know, he was, 
I remember Titans fans, man, they were so high. And, oh, we have Rashard Matthews. We have Rashard Matthews. And, you know, he'd get picked up in fantasy leagues, you know, by a couple teams and drop the next week because he'd have a big week and then not have a couple. And then he'd go on like three or four weeks without one. But, uh, you know, so, that, you know, the player retirement theme, you know, continues on with uh, Zero now Matthews. We'll see who drops next. But, uh I, I don't know if Connor said anybody, you know, that if he's got any bold predictions or any, you got any, any bold predictions for <laughs> any retirements, predictions or, for retirements? or oh, trades or anything like that? Well, I got to think about, we're, we're doing the AFC North next, so I got to think yeah. about that. Um, I think, God, what am I trying I think and this this isn't gonna happen like <laughs> you know within the next week or so. But if I had to make a bold prediction, I think before the end of the season, one of the two between Jarvis Landry and OBJ will be gone from Cleveland before the end of the season. Wow, that's bold. <laughs> we'll get to we'll get into more yeah. detail on that next week, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a bold prediction. I think one of the two of them won't be in Cleveland by the end of the year. Wow, okay. All right, guys. So thank you to everybody listening. Thank you for your questions. And uh, make sure you guys leave your AFC North questions. Obviously, Connor's a Steelers fan. It's going to be a Steelers-heavy show. We'll be talking a lot about them. We'll be asking them questions. We'll hit the other teams too, though, so don't worry. And take care, guys. Peace.